You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and the outs of the solar industry and what it means for solar owners and industry. With Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Clenergy, providers of innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Sunwiz, Australia's leading service provider of the solar and storage industry. And Solar Analytics, helping you get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy, one step off the grid and the EV-focused, the driven website. And joining me from Solar Analytics is Nigel Morris. Nigel, how are you? Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Giles, excellent, excellent. I'm not out of lockdown like you, you lucky bugger, but uh, we live in eternal hope and, um, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Well, look, yeah, we'll look, touch wood by the time this thing's broadcast. We'll probably be back in lockdown anyway. I think there's a couple of exposure sites. It's just a matter of time. Um, oh, good. Up here in northern New South Wales. So there you go. I'm sorry. You're, talking about lights, you're talking about lights at the end of the tunnels and I'm just talking about a big sort of dark something or other anyway um but look i went to the pub so um that was i um i told my kids about that and they thought that was wondrous <laughs> yeah, imagine going to the pub <laughs> oh, I... my, son, my son had a book online scramble book online like he's trying to get some sort of ticket to an elton john concert well you wouldn't go to an elton john concert but whatever concert that young people go to these days but this was just go to the dawn fraser bars to you know for the privilege of swimming in 16 degree water with a whole bunch of jellyfish in there um because that's, that's the only escape from lockdown in sydney at the moment so um yes but i told them i was at the pub listening to some music i'm not too sure that went oh. very well but they're very oh, happy for me at the pub with live music. That's what, yeah, that'll actually, apart from riding an enormous distance on a motorcycle anywhere I want to, uh, going to the pub and listening to live music is very high on my agenda as well. I can't wait. Oh, look, I'm just thinking, I'm pretty sure that everyone out there has got something that they desperately want to do. Yes. Uh, and look, I think going for a long drive, I think just doing what they bloody well want to do. Yes. Um, <laughs> having camping people trip, over. Camping, yeah, having yes. a bunch of people over without worrying about it. Yeah, yes. yeah. Giving yeah. people a hug. Um, yes. yes. God. All that. We, we used to take so much for granted. And, Didn't we? Um, we did. We did. Now look at us. Anyway. Let's so, remember to um, appreciate it when we get it back. Well, we should. We should, we should, we should. Yeah. Now, mate, what's on the agenda? Look, I, I just see lockdown Look, lockdown blues. Um, it's starting to affect the uh, – it's taking a bit of a bite out of the market, hasn't it? It has, it has, and and you know, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, Sunwiz, uh, published some interesting data the other day, and um, I actually spent quite a bit of time uh, ringing around on uh, Friday last week. Actually, I spoke to a bunch of people, and I think it's fair to say the solar coaster is at the bottom of the big valley that we get sometimes. Um, from what I'm hearing, almost across the board, everyone's going ooh consumer confidence is really down a bit you know and uh mm. leads are a bit slow and sales are a bit harder and there are a few exceptions um mostly uh, from uh people i've spoken to who are sort of um uh, you know in in fairly remote remoter parts north queensland the nt you know remoter parts or or, or places out of the way are, are, are of course a bit less affected but um you know, broadly speaking, pretty much everyone across the board noting that we're um, 
we're really at the bottom of the solar coaster dip. Um, so, you know, the good news is um, consumer confidence always comes back. The solar mm-hmm. coaster goes up and down. And mm-hmm. um, uh, so, you know, it won't last forever. Yeah, but I think Warwick was also pointing to some other issues out there as well. Not just you know didn't didn't reckon that the um, that the lockdown was sort of um, the explanation for all the um, you know the slight uh, well it's only it's only a small dip but it's a dip all the same. He just reckons there's a few changes in the market dynamics. And I think we've probably spoken about the sort of the competition and some of the increased costs and um, some of the mm-hmm. supply constraints mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well coming into the market. So there's a few other things playing out there, I suppose. There are. There are. There mm. are many things. And, and uh, I can remember working with Warwick uh, in, in great detail about all the variables that can affect the market. And, and at the moment, I think what we've got is a... Uh, a combination of of kind of negative pressures that are affecting consumer confidence. Um, But, you know, one by one, those negative consequences or or negative uh, impacts kind of drop away um, and consumer confidence comes back. Um, So, you know, yeah. Mate, there's some other really good news happening around. I was quite struck by the story um, this week that emerged of SunDrive, um, who we wrote about a while ago, actually. They picked up some marina money last year, and they're a bunch of, a um, couple of young guys, flatmates, um, University of New South Wales graduates, University of New South Wales, of course, being the sort of the font of all great wisdom, wisdom and innovation when it comes to um, solid technologies. And so these guys set up SunDrive in a garage, of course, because where else do you set up a successful business? Um, and um, or a high, you know a highly prospective one. And their big thing, Nigel, was replacing silver, which is most commonly used um, in PV modules. And the problem with silver is that it's actually not that common, and it's pretty expensive. And twenty percent mm-hmm. of the world's silver production actually goes to um, to modules. And I saw that twenty percent. It's quite astounding, isn't it? Twenty percent of it. It's... The reason you can't get more silver rings and earrings and nose rings <laughs> if you're in Mullum is because we're using it all in solar panels. Blame the solar industry. That's right. Good yeah. Um, yeah. So look, that was actually sort of putting some sort of some sort of roadblock on 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 how to expand both just of efficiency because a lot of the new technologies that were going to increase efficiency kind of depended on having more silver, and yet there just seemed to be a bit of an issue there. And they come up with this idea of actually, well, maybe we could try using copper, which is kind of um, cheaper and more plentiful, and they've succeeded in doing so. And not only that, they've actually succeeded in in establishing a world's new world efficiency um, record. Yes. Um, which is pretty amazing. Um, and the significance of it is it's done with copper um, rather than silver. So there's still a little bit away, away. There's, you know, still in startup mode, still in R&D mode, but they're mm. going to roll out production facilities in the next sort of 12 to 18 months. Really highly prospective, backed by um, Mike Cannon-Brooks, backed by Blackbird, which is another successful Australian start venture capital company, which has invested in Canva and all sorts of other different things. Backed by Jungrong Shi, um, who founded Suntech. In fact, he was their first backer. Um, so some really big-name backers, a lot of prospectivity, and they've got an eye. And interestingly, they actually sort of focused on the rooftop solar market simply because that's where high efficiency will initially be rewarded, they reckon, but also some of those mega projects which have been planned in northwestern Australia and the Northern Territory, which sort of figures because Cannon Brooks is also behind the Sun Cable project and he's also behind 5B um, with deployable solar modules, another 
startup um, by a couple of 20-somethings in a garage in Sydney. So there you go. Oh, you're, you're so right to bring this story to the front, mate, because, it, you know, Australia has led the way on these kinds of what seem like small innovations, but actually a game change, absolutely game changing for the entire industry and, and mean that, you know, factories around the world will end up uh, if this idea is, is proven out and can be productionized. It means that every factory in the world will adapt this, adopt this technology just in the way they have other technologies and other process steps that, uh, um, uh, that have been developed in Australia in the past. So it's, it's, it's wonderful news and, uh, you know, credit to the, to the team at UNSW. I know it, uh, back in the office when we had an office, when we went to the office, our office uh, is, is loaded with UNSW uh, graduates. Define, define an office. What is an office, Nigel? <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a real place that you go when you, uh, after you've been to the pub. Uh, and heard some live music and done other real things and hugged. And then you go there and hug people. And uh, yeah, but no, we, it, it's, it's. I actually read a story once where you actually went to the office before you went to the pub, but maybe I got it wrong. <laughs> it's different. Different, yeah, I don't different know. story. I, I don't know. It's a topsy turvy world we live in now. So anything's possible. But no, it's, it's really good. And I, I, I can actually remember. Um, Back in the day when, when I worked at BP Solar and we had a production line and, and you know, we were, we were implementing processes and technologies coming out of UNSW 20 years ago um, that changed the game. I remember back surface field um, aluminium um, coatings on the back of cells was a big one. We, of course, had the laser buried, uh, laser grooved buried contact technology for a while that was developed out of UNSW and Dr. Martin Green. So um, another great milestone for them. Let's hope they get it into factory soon. Absolutely. Look, and, and what's really interesting about this particular technology and this particular project is that if you think about all the other great UNSW um, inventions and all those great engineers, solar engineers that went off and became either CEOs or chief technology officers of, of, of some of the major um, solar manufacturing companies in the world, but most of them were overseas. Well, they're all overseas, basically, um, based in China. The real prospect here is that this could actually be the basis of a good solar um, manufacturing industry in Australia because if you think about it, this is Australian technology found in the garage backed by a couple of Australian-based billionaires, um, three of them, with the prospect that as we move into this big new hydrogen economy, this green hydrogen economy, we're going to need gigawatts of solar and we might as well make them here because, one, with this... Um, with this cheap electricity, we'll be able to sort of match the manufacturing costs in China where electricity has become very expensive. So really, really quite interesting. So this could be a bit of a game changer. I, I sort of feel like I'm overselling a company which only just got out of a garage, but <laughs> I'm still pretty excited about it, but still. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. And and these 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 are the subtle differences, in fact, in the, in the interview I did with Martin Green a, a few months back, uh, he was talking about this, these, these kind of incremental little things that, you know, they take a while to flow through and to get into production, but it's all these little incremental steps that drive us towards those those magical numbers of, you know, 10 cents a watt for solar cells and uh, or for solar panels, in fact. And uh, these are exactly the kind of innovations that we need. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about manufacturing, um, there was um, Tindo. Um, we actually had a, ran a story about a week ago. Um, Tindo down in Adelaide, uh, spending a new production line facility. So they actually sort of pulled down the um, the first one that they uh, made about um, eleven years ago, I think it was, or ten years ago, and uh, built a new one. So that's something to to um, to watch out for as well. 
I've been yeah. there. I've been there too. Well, I went to the old one, which is now being pulled down. I haven't seen. Oh, the I new went to one, the new but... one. Oh, you I went, went to the, the new, new one. one. Just I, I slipped in just before lockdown hit. Actually, we were down in Adelaide uh, visiting a whole bunch of people, and we managed to get in and have a look. They were just in the process. Uh, they had the the new uh, new facilities all ready for the new equipment that uh, got a bit delayed because of shipping delays and everything else. But um, yeah, got to see the new facilities and hear the stories about um, how they were gearing up and getting ready to um, ramp up production. They got new tech going in there. They got new equipment going in there. It's it's one. It was it was wonderful to see actually a you know really state-of-the-art facility um and and you know the next the next iteration um for the for the team down at tindo who've you know given that old plan a really good run and 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 um uh, stepping up uh, with new equipment so yeah great story great story hmm. when we need to send them some send them an email those guys with the copper stuff yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> you guys met the other blokes with the yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, they've got a shed. You've got a facility. Come on, hop on yep. it. Yeah, absolutely. And look, solar is being predicted um, for many big things. Um, Joe Biden over in the US has just uh, announced this um, unveiled plan and he's just decided, or someone within his energy department has just decided that solar is the next big thing in the US. So much so that he's you know, they're now sort of, well, under this sort of new energy plan, it's talking about solar being 45% of um, the US electricity production by, I can't, I can't remember if it's 2040 or 2050, but anyway, that's just huge um, when you think about the electricity grid in um, the US and how that would change things. And in ways which we're already seeing happening in South Australia and just sort of on that, um, I just picked up a little um, article in AEMO. Actually, no, it was in there. Electricity Statement of Opportunities report, which just came out, and um, oh, there's some pretty... bedtime reading. Oh, yeah, I know. look, actually, there's some really interesting nuggets it's... in there this time. <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta yes. say, yeah. But this one was talking about being 100%. Remember last year in South Australia, we we got to 100% solar for the first time in any sort of um, major grid in the world, and that was a combination yes. of rooftop solar and utility scale solar, yep. um, of which there's not a heck of a lot of it in South Australia, strangely enough. But they're now predicting that this spring, or as early as this spring, which will be sometime in the next two months, probably in October. Um, rooftop solar alone could meet 100% of demand in the state grid, which would be the first time that's ever happened anywhere in a gigawatt scale grid in the world. And it just right. points to the scale and the speed of the transition that um, we are upon. So that's it, pretty exciting, I thought. It is exciting. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I'm getting bored with all your record-breaking stories, Giles. You know, oh, we've hit you know, 100% renewables here and we've hit 100% renewables there and we've, we've you know, and, and solar's just breaking records all over the place for, um, you know, its its contribution to capacity. And... Um, um, well, you may well be bored, Nigel, but our <laughs> um, readers are very excited about this. <laughs> I mean, so I don't mean, feel the urge to click on it if you don't want to. Don't want, that's okay. That's I okay, click on every know. one. I click on every one, trust me, because I go, I can't believe this is happening again. That's the uh, flippant uh, response to you. But uh, no, it is quite remarkable. Quite remarkable. Yeah, no, no, fantastic. Now, um. What's happening? What else is happening? You've got a list of things here, which I've just lost because um, I was actually starting to look through my Birdwatchers book because right in front of me on a hedge in front of me are two what I think are eastern rosellas. And um, they could have been the same two that actually got in this huge fight 
in another tree the other day with a bunch of um, noisy miners and a couple of blue-faced honey eaters who think they're noisy miners. Um, it was quite the show. Anyway, oh. moving on. <laughs> back to back to your list of solar stories, Nigel. <laughs> well, I uh, what have we got? What have we got? What have we got? Um, I was intrigued by your story actually about Snowy Hydro, uh, Giles, because um, you, you noted the other day that uh, Snowy Hydro uh, costs have blown out from four point five to ten billion dollars. Uh, now it looks like, at least if not more. Um, and I remember we actually talked about this at length over numerous episodes, and I actually went back to my little spreadsheet and went, "Oh, what does this mean? What does this mean?" It's pretty interesting actually because the price blows out per megawatt from 2.2 million to 5 million per megawatt um, compared with looking at Hornstar, which is what I discussed many moons ago when we first were talking about this at $600,000 per megawatt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's notable that Hornstar has also you know, upped its capacity uh, from a hundred to 150 megawatts. Um, and, um, for, and, and, uh, I beg your pardon, it's power and it's capacity from 129 to 193 megawatt hours in the same period. So, you know, oh, we, we jumped up and down about snowy hydro going, can't really see it. Why aren't they looking at batteries? Great idea, but you know, this is going to be really long and arduous and hard and sure enough, it's doubled in cost and is looking very, very expensive as a way to deliver megawatts to the market. So, um, yeah, I think we called it, mate. I think we called it. I think we called it right. And look, I think a lot of people have been just, you know, wondering what the hell Snowy um, 2.0 is all about. It's just one of those grand plans. You know, well, this was invented by Prime Minister, then Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, embraced by Scott Morrison and Angus Taylor, whose grandfather incidentally was one of the original designers of the original Snowy scheme, um, which is wonderful. But people just think, well, look, it's going to cost at least $10 billion now. Imagine if you actually spent that on distributed energy or other things and battery storage, hmm. you probably come up with a much useful, more useful resource than Snowy 2.0, which is going to be, well, the bill's actually going to go more than that because one of the keys for the Snowy 2.0 is not just the transmission link that we wrote about the other day, which is the Hume link, which just basically hmm. sort of delivers it into the main part of New South Wales. It also needs something called the VNI West, which takes it into Victoria and sort of maximizes its output. And that's going to probably cost another couple of billion dollars. So you're talking about 12 or $13 billion. Wow. Um, it's, um, it's really quite astonishing. And it, look, it's one of those things that once built, it may prove useful, but you just think, geez, value for money. You could have spent a lot of that money for a lot of other things and probably had a much better resource. I mean, it's, it suits Snowy, um, the company Snowy um, Hydro down to the ground because it's sort of, you know, it, it, it's it's a nice resource for them to sort of do their cap contracts, which they sort of specialise in, their firming contracts and things like that. Yep. But as a resource for the grid in a transition to renewables, um not the smartest idea in the world and one which is also there's a lot of people out there a lot of very smart people who are very concerned um just about its um its environmental impact as well and you know these these transmission lines are actually just going to be a really hard sell particularly to a lot of those people um over whose property they will um transmit Mm, mm. yeah and look i i I am not against 
a mega project like this. I, I, I think some of these, you know, mega, mega projects are exactly what Australia needs. The Sun Cable in the far north is 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 another example, and it's, you know, in all probability, we're probably going to see the Sun Cable up and running before Snowy Hydro 2 is up and running. And it'll quite possibly cost less than Snowy Hydro 2. Um, so, you know, I, I'm all for a big project like this and the, the potential that it brings, but... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's got some hairs on it by the looks of it, and it's dragging out and taking its time. And uh, we've already seen the cost double. Um, and you know, the justification for not supporting other renewables was that this was only going to cost three or four billion dollars. Well, we're already at ten. You're like you're saying it's probably going to turn to twelve or thirteen. And so you know, at some point, um, at some point, we have to look at it and go, hang on, is this not the right project to back? Well, it's probably too late because they started doing earthworks about 18 months ago. So if they sort of pulled out now, it'll probably still cost a billion, couple of billion dollars. Though it was interesting that the Victorian Energy Policy Centre, Bruce Mountain, plus Ted Woolley, who's the former uh, Managing Director of Energy Australia, and I think Powerlink, um, I probably got that wrong actually, but one of the network companies, um, you know, very highly respected um, ex-energy um, chief. And um, they're saying, yeah, look, Pull the plug in it now. Stop it. It's just just ridiculous Oof. before we spend too much money. So um, there you go. And you talk to most people in the industry and they just go, oh, God, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a way, it kind of doesn't affect them. They just think other things will happen elsewhere, but they just think it's just a monumental waste of money. I mean, in the end, most of it will probably come from the government. Um, so it's just get more taxpayers' money um, that sort of disappeared out the door um, for someone's pet project, but they just sort of shake their head and they just go, really? Yeah, um, not the smartest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Anyway, um, what else we got? Uh, some good solar news. Uh, I was um, I was on a panel last week, a webinar panel, um, surviving the solar coaster. Um, actually, um, it was one of Warwick's uh, great ideas to get this up and running, and he invited a, a, a bunch of people who love to have a yak. Uh, like me onto the webinar. Uh, we actually had 400 and something people register for the webinar, which was very exciting and a, and a great crew who turned up. Um, and it was a really, really interesting um, little webinar, actually. That the, the topic was, you know, what do you do when you're going through these dips in the solar coaster? What are some of the things that we've learned? What are some of the, the techniques that we can all apply as business owners to, to get through? Um, so, you know, big shout out to, uh, to Warwick and his team for for coming up with that idea and hosting it and to all the other panellists who all delivered some terrific content. So plenty of ideas there up online for people who are looking for ways to survive the ups and downs. I think we'll just take a moment to hear from one of our sponsors. Clenergy is an Australian-founded enterprise providing innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Clenergy's innovative approach and engineering expertise gives them a unique edge to create the right base framework for all solar applications. Their range of high-quality products and services include PV mounting, ground mounting products and solutions for residential, commercial and utility-scale projects. Visit clenergy.com.au and find the right framework for your solar application. And, of course, we'd like to thank all our sponsors to this uh, Solar Insiders podcast, uh, Solar Analytics, SunWiz and Clinergy, um, for their ongoing support. Now, Nigel, what else do we have? Um, Plan Optimizer, you guys came up with some news the other day. And, look, um, our sick list at Renew Economy, one step off the grid, has been longer than the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, so, um, 
um, we haven't got around to it yet, but um, tell us all about it on, online, <laughs> on air. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me give you a real-world example. So Plan Optimizer, we've touched on before. The simple proposition is that, um, A, it's really simple. Um, B, um, you know, comparing energy plans is tricky. Um, and so for a solar owner particularly, you know, knowing which plan to choose to get the most out of your solar and the fastest payback is arduous. And so that's why Plan Optimizer was developed. And uh, we launched last week, uh, which we're very, very excited about, had wonderful feedback so far from lots and lots of people. And um, so what do you do when you launch a new product? Well, you test it on the most most important people in the world. So, you know, uh, number one, sorry, dad, father-in-law. Uh, so I had a look at my father-in-law system and thought, oh, Plan Optimizer, click, 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 one click, bang. I can save my father-in-law 1400 bucks by simply getting him to change plans. Just like that. He's had solar now. Oh, we installed it five or six years ago. But like so many people, he has not been sure which plan to be on. It's hard to work out which plan to be on. And I can go to him now and say, mate, I'm going to save you 14. Would you like 1400 bucks in the bank account? Of course you would. Here's how you do it. Click this button, choose this plan and swap. The other end of the spectrum is my dad. Uh, and I mean that in the nicest possible way, but my dad, <laughs> bless him, has been ringing me endlessly for six months or so. We keep having these conversations. Oh, I think I'm on the wrong plan. I think I can save more. I don't think I'm getting the best value, blah, 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 blah. And I just keep saying, dad, 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 just wait, 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 wait until we've got this new thing coming. It'll work it out for you. So one click, press the button, boom. The result for my dad He's on the best plan. He's already there. He's already, by luck or chance or good goodwill or whatever it is, he's already on the best plan. So the message for my dad, uh, in in uh, you know, very different message from my father-in-law is you need to do something quickly and you can save a whole lot of money. The answer for my dad was very very simple. You're already on the best plan. Relax. Don't worry. Stop worrying about it, John. You don't have to think about it anymore. But by the way, if you want to check, you can check anytime via the app. Go and click the button as frequently as you like, and you can double check that you're on the right plan. So to me, two wonderful examples of how Plan Optimizer can uh, can help save customers, you know, enormous amounts of additional money or, you know, put your dad uh, at, 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 you know, calm your dad down. It's going to be one hell of a family reunion, isn't it, Nigel? It's going to be <laughs> when we when we get there together, all together, eventually. And share those plans. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Is it just takes all that aggravation and time and complexity out of it. So, yeah, we're quite excited about what that does for everyone who owns a solar system. Well, it's fantastic. Well, look, um, and it's probably what I need to do too, because I did actually get a, uh, an alert from um, my solid people the other day saying, Giles, I think you're on the wrong plan. Um, so um, I've got to, um, yes, I think I've actually mentioned that before I, on, this, on this podcast. I still haven't done anything I, I, about it. I'm actually tempted. I'm, I'm logging in right now. I'm going to oh, have a look <laughs> and see if, if we can save you some money as well. Um. Hang on, I've just got to keep talking. Don't make up something while I uh, log in because uh, I've just. Well, if you find the detail, if you find the details of my feed and tariff, I don't think it's I don't think it's the valid one anymore. I don't think I've changed that for a, for a while yet. But, oh, um, you got to update your plan. Okay, well that's all right. I've got to update yeah. the plan. Got to update. Yeah. I don't even know what my solar feed and tariff is anymore. I just think it's something something weird. 
Really? Well, you know, it's one of those ones that comes down. It, it sort of, it sounds like a nice price, but then it um, it exhausts itself after five kilowatt hours a day or something. So, ah, you see, yeah. this is where this is where we can help because we take all that into account using algorithms, so we can automatically exclude those really flaky ones. In fact, I had I had a customer ring me the other day and go, "Oh, I don't see all the plants." I said, "No, that's because we've already excluded the really flaky ones that look like a great deal, but actually aren't a great deal." Um, so, you know, we can sort that out for you as well. Hang on. I'm just pulling you up. Uh, here we are. Let's go. Okay. In here, it'll take me one second longer. Okay. Boom. Click the button. We're asking a lot of our listeners, Nigel. We are. (gasps) Okay. I can save you. I can save you 250 bucks a year. Really? Yep. Fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. It'd be worth uh, making sure that your plan details are correct. That's easy to update. But uh, yeah, it's two hundred fifty bucks in the in the bank for you already. Look at that. It didn't take long, fantastic. did it? Fantastic. That's fantastic. That's a that's a great product, Nigel. Well done, mate. Let's move along. Um, I think have we exhausted have we exhausted solar already? I think. Well, it's actually half an hour. Uh, We're probably going to move on. You've made a big move. Well, <laughs> in your personal life. Well. <laughs> Well, I want I actually I want to jump to crap solar because I actually really wanted to shout out some good news. Um instead of you know uh bad things happening in the solar industry, there are actually some really great ones. There was a terrific little post a customer got online and was sort of complaining and actually put some photos up of all these footprints all over his solar panels and everyone jumped on and said, Oh, that's not good at all. Clearly the installers walked all over your solar panels and uh the great part about it was the customer said uh, so I, to, so to my previous post that I took down about an installer walking all over my panels the director of the company called me directly he reassured me that he'll get someone out to do thermal imaging and rectify any panels that were damaging uh, that were damaged um I don't want to be bagging companies out um but if uh but if this is your company uh, and this is how you treat customers. Very, very well done. I'm very, very happy with the outcome and the service. So wonderful to see companies doing the right thing and and really backing their customers. And, you know, we, sometimes we get stuff wrong, right? So I thought that was a great example of the fact that there are people out there. There are lots and lots of businesses out there that look after their customers really well. Yeah, that's a good story. No, it's really wrong to hear. Yeah, it's it is. What we expect. Yep. Yep. Um, Speaking of great solar business, uh, quick plug for great solar business. The other podcast uh, that I do um, proudly um, or or, or gratefully distributed by uh, Renew Economy, uh, we interviewed uh, uh, Benoit, I beg your pardon, Thunjan. Um, That one came out the other day about the differences between the US market and the Australian market. Great little um, snapshot of, you know, some of the um, things we can learn from them and things they can learn from us. And I've got another one coming up uh, next week that I think will be a cracker uh, with the owner of a solar business. I'm not going to give away who it is at this point in time, but we talked about differentiation. How do you differentiate in, in you know, what is a pretty tough market? And a great interview with a, with a business owner about how he builds differentiation into his offers. Good stuff. Okay. Well, look forward to hearing that one. And um, just also point out some of our other, just because we've got such a range of podcasts now. Um, I know. So, well, actually not that many, but Energy Insiders as well. And we've been ramping up the Driven podcast as well. So we had um, the Clean Energy Finance Corporation in Limont from the CEO um, a couple of weeks ago. And we also did another one with um, Angie, which is the French company, uh, which probably 
mostly known for closing down Hazelwood coal generator in Victoria a couple of years ago to much controversy, probably because it was at fairly short notice for the Australian authorities, but they're sort of now heavily into renewables and also EV charging. So that's kind of interesting, and we're pretty hopeful we're going to get New South Wales Energy Minister Matt Keane on sometime very soon. So do look out for that. Oh, that's now, important. That's important because he's got a he's got an error in his EV policy that he released. Uh, you know, he's got his subsidy policies to encourage people to buy EVs, but there's an there's a mistake in it. No way. What is it? Doesn't include uh, Harley Davidsons. You sure? Yeah, I'm positive. I'm positive. I've emailed them. There's a list of vehicles that it includes, and uh, the Harley Davidsons not on that list. I've brought Bloody it to his attention, hell. which Bloody is fairly important. Well, it hasn't been legislated yet, so you might be able. To, you might still be okay. You might still be okay because as long as you bought it after September the first, you'll be able to get a rebate in in um, whatever. So you've got to come back and get and get the rebate for any vehicles that were that were purchased after September first. So um, oh, yeah. Well, well, um, you know, uh, I've talked a lot about the live wire in the wonderful two months that I had it, and I just do have to say, Giles, that, you know, I was, I think I've talked about how impressed I was, how lucky I was. In fact, I was so impressed that I bought one. <laughs> you didn't just buy one, you bought it. You bought the I one bought, that you've been writing. I bought, I, I bought the one that I had. Uh, so I, uh, my order, uh, my order is in. I'm waiting for it to be uh, serviced and delivered back to me, which uh, I am so, so, so excited about. Uh, and I'm putting it out there now. I intend to set a record um, for for the longest distance ever travelled on on a Harley Davidson Livewire in Australia. Um, I'm actually working with Harley to see if we can identify, you know, what the longest trip that's ever been done so far is, and I will bust that record. Wow. Sounds like you're going around Australia. <laughs> well, like, you could tow. It. Can you tow? Just, you, could, you could tow your own little sort of camping cart or something like that. <laughs> the, the, the possibilities are endless, but I, I want to well, actually, I just can't wait to, and I've said this to Harley, and I've said, look, I want to go out and demonstrate what's possible um, with this latest generation of electric motorcycles. And, um, yeah, so as soon as I can get out of bloody Sydney and uh, hit those fast chargers and this fast char- new fast charger opened up just up the street from me the other day, which is oh. wonderful. Uh, so I can pop up there and get a fast charge to start my trip if I need to. And, um, yep, I'm going to bust. I'm going to set a record for us. You heard it here first. Why don't you take the family, get a sidecar, put the family in the sidecar, put a bit, couple of bit of extra batteries in there. Roll up, roll up a swag. Look, suffice to say, uh, my wife has a, a beloved Volkswagen camper van that we've had for many, many years, and it may be that I'm going to try and coerce her to come along as my support. She happens to be a wonderful photographer, great company. Um, so I may have a uh, a film crew in the camper van following me along. Fantastic! I mean, and look, there could be an electric camper van coming your way too. Well. <laughs> Saints Preservers. Yeah, uh, get me one, John. You never get know. One. You never know. Let <laughs> me know. I'll let you know next episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking, uh, speaking of electric vehicles and news, I wanted to um, highlight a little story that I picked up on today. Um, and I'm going to start with the story about the solar industry. So in 2012, you might recall, Giles, uh, the Chinese solar industry started a program of consolidation to get rid of the overcrowded solar market. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of solar companies who sprang up in China as a result 
of government stimulus. Um, literally, cigarette lighter factories, sock factories, you name it. Anyone who could m- run a machine uh, and had a little bit of space was converting to PV. And unfortunately, um, we wore some of the, the downside of that with some pretty crappy products that came through initially. But what the Chinese government set out to do was to stimulate a new industry, and they did that very successfully, and then they forced consolidation to, um, you know, uh, crowd out the, 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 the companies that couldn't um, scale and couldn't build quality gear, and they, they completely changed the world of solar. Lo and behold, nine years later, uh, China has too many electric vehicle manufacturers, government according to uh, one of the ministers, has said there are too many electric vehicle manufacturers. We're going to encourage consolidation. Um, and there are currently about 300 companies. Most of them are very small. So it just blew my mind that you know nine years after we went through exactly the same thing with the solar industry in China, they are now at exactly the same place with the EV industry, which to me was kind of exciting because... It shows the state of the state of the industry when China's already at that point, only nine years later with the EV industry, and they're now moving to the next phase of what is a, a pattern that they have. Invite everyone in, get the market rolling, get lots of competition, get lots of companies in, and then weed out the um, weed out the smaller players and and get serious about it. And we're there. It's cool. The beauties of the command and control economy. <laughs> yes, well, we, we could do a whole bunch of other links from that story that talk about all sorts of interesting things about the uh, life in China. But uh, what they certainly know how to do is build an industry. Mm, that's interesting. And it's interesting. Yeah. Well, look, there's, um, some, I mean, look, there's obviously things happening in the EV market in Australia. There's obviously a bit of, you know, there's a huge pickup here. Um, just a bit disappointingly, the Model Y is not going to be coming anytime soon, but it looks like the first um, rollout of Volvo Electric's XC, XC, XC60, I think it is. Um, that's been sold out already. Um, huge demand for the Ionic 5, which um, is a pretty interesting car that's going to be arriving these shores pretty soon. So. Mm. Um, and a lot of effort to get um, some of the Chinese, um, as you say. I mean, like, there's actually a couple of interesting articles out there just about how the China China is going to dominate the industry, and particularly the EV industry, with possibly the exception of Tesla. But um, um, the if, when you're looking for a low-priced EV in Australia for the next couple of years, it's probably chances are it's going to be Chinese. And um, hopefully, um, you know, reasonably reasonably good quality. Indeed, indeed, and uh, and uh, and I think all the lessons that they learnt uh, have, have learnt over and over again, and and and, and none um, uh, less in our memory than the PV industry that you know they they managed to to sort that out. Absolutely, Nigel. I think we're almost um, we're almost out of time. I think we'll have to sort of wrap it all up. And um, unless you've got anything breathtaking to add, uh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Oh, not even mildly interesting? <laughs> no. no. I did, I'm sorry to put a breathtaking caveat on it, but, uh, you know, I did want to wrap it up. Um, look, it's been great to chat. Um, guys, um, everyone out there, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for your feedback. Do check out Nigel's Great Solar Business Podcast um, last week's episode if you haven't caught up with it. And next week's episode coming up. And, of course, the Driven Podcast and the Energy Insiders Podcast. And, um, Nigel, I think we'll be back in a fortnight, will we not? 
I look forward to it very much. Good on you. Thank you. Thanks to our sponsors, uh, Sunwiz, Solar Analytics and Energy. Thanks everyone out there. And, um, see you soon. Solar Insiders was brought to you by Clenergy, the providers of high-quality mounting systems for residential, commercial and utility-scale solar projects. With in-house engineering and projects divisions, Clenergy provides a unique edge with its expert advice. Let Clenergy find the right framework for any solar application. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, Australia's leading service provider for the solar and storage industry. SunWiz's partnership with OpenSolar will amplify the value delivered by their world-leading solar software platform. With pro setup, training and assistance, run your business at maximum velocity. Visit sunwiz.com.au. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by Solar Analytics, helping you get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights. Visit solaranalytics.com.au.